Have you ever been pursued? Maybe by a cop or someone. I'm not going to tell you my cop stories this morning. That would not be appropriate for church. And full disclaimer, before I share this story with you, I had a church member at the, at the last worship service, and he said, did you have permission from your wife to share that story in worship today? And I said, yes, yes, she knew that it was coming. So just so you know, uh, anything I share in worship has always been shared at home. But when I was a sophomore in college, I met this beautiful freshman girl who happened to be a cousin of one of my friends. She was very personable. She was smart, she was talented, and she had this thing for redheads. When we first met, there was no doubt that we both enjoyed each other's company, and I would see her often around the campus. At the time, I was in a relationship with my high school sweetheart, and so I was off limits. But that did not stop her. She was very persistent, and I guess you could say she pursued me. Now, our call to worship today, we read from Psalm 139, and it speaks of God as a pursuing God. The psalmist says, where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Well, we went to a school called Montreat College, which is a very, very small school. And in that school, there's only two dining options. You either eat in the cafeteria or you would eat in what was called the grill, which is fried food heaven. Day after day, I just happened to notice that, uh, like the psalmist, I couldn't go anywhere without her coincidentally showing up. If I go to the cafeteria, you are there. If I go to the grill, you are there. If I go to the chapel service... Even there you show up and sit right beside me. She pursued me. And I can assure you that it wasn't coincidence. She never relented. Well, my senior year of college, my relationship with my girlfriend ended. And she stopped pursuing me then. Go figure. And so I graduated. And after I graduated from school... Before I left to serve the church in Bennettsville, South Carolina, I gave that girl a call and I asked her out on a date. And so we went out together for a movie and dinner in Nashville and we had a great time together. But after that, we didn't talk for several months. I was in the process of moving from home to this new place and she was working at a summer camp and she was busy doing what she was doing. When I arrived in Bennettsville, I'd been there for a few months, and one day I got a phone call out of the blue from her. Surprised to hear her voice on the other end of the line, I asked her how she got my phone number, because she didn't have it, and she told me that she called my father at home and got it from him. Once again, she pursued me. In that conversation, we talked about what was going on in our lives and that sort of thing. And she asked me how things were going in my ministry. And I told her that I was preparing for a lock-in. You know, one of those things you do with youth where you stay up all night long and you don't go to sleep and you do all this fun stuff all night long and talk about Jesus somewhere in the middle of that. And she said, well, do you need a chaperone? And I said, are you crazy enough to drive four hours from Asheville all the way down here and stay up all night long with a bunch of kids you've never met before? She said, yes. I said, well, come on. And so she did. And we hung out that weekend. 
And I finally came to my senses and decided that this woman had to be my wife. And I decided finally to pursue her. And the rest is history. To this day, I jokingly tell people that she stalked me in college. And without hesitation, Angela would admit that's exactly what she did. In the first service, she was sitting right there on the pew and she said, It worked. Angela pursued me with a love that would not let me go. Much like the Lord whose love is so much more than that. As we conclude our sermon series today entitled In Christ, we come to two passages of Scripture that are probably very familiar to us. For both of these Scriptures are often read at funerals, reminding us of the God who promises to be with us in everything. And both of these scriptures also affirm that God's love pursues us in all circumstances. We're familiar with Psalm 23, the shepherd's psalm. God is presented as a shepherd who leads and guides and refreshes us. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside quiet or still waters. He refreshes our soul and guides us along the right paths. This is the God who provides for our every need. He's the God who blesses us with everything that we have to have, the one who guides us as we live our lives, helping us to stay on the right path. But our shepherd also defends us as we walk through the valley of the shadows or the darkest valleys, shielding us with his rod and with his staff, shielding us from predators lurking to devour us. This psalm is comforting because it acknowledges God as the provider and protector of his people, preparing a table before us, anointing our heads with oil, and overflowing our cups with his blessing. And at the very end of the psalm, the psalmist declares, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But you see, our English translations in our Bibles Well, it doesn't do justice to what the Hebrew actually reads here. The Hebrew would read much like this. It says, Surely your goodness and steadfast love pursues me all the days of my life. God's hesed love, his steadfast love, is a love that refuses to let us go. A love that hunts us down and pursues us wherever we are, in whatever situation we may find ourselves in. God's love doesn't just follow us. You can follow someone and keep a distance in following someone, but God's love is much greater than that. It pursues us and hunts us down just like a lion trying to catch its prey. It's Martin Luther who once said that God's love is like the hound of heaven who hunted him down and pursued him. You see, God is the God of green pastures and quiet waters. God is the God of the darkest valleys. Even when evil is lurking around every corner, God's the one who pursues us, the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep, the one who leaves the 99 behind to find that one lost wandering sheep to bring him back into his fold. God pursues us with his steadfast love, A love that doesn't waver based on how obedient or disobedient we are. A love that knows no boundaries. A sacrificial love that's willing to give up everything 
to reconcile us to himself. This is the love of God. And this love is most clearly seen in the face of Jesus the Christ who pursues us. And it's the Apostle Paul who knows exactly what it's like to be pursued by the love of God. If you were here several weeks ago, we talked about that a little bit together. How God actually got Saul's attention by meeting him on that Damascus road. And it completely changed everything when he confronted him. It changed his life. And it was God who told Ananias, who was meeting Saul, he told him this. He said, I will show him, Saul, how much he must suffer for my name. And trust me, the Lord was not joking about this. If you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul speaks about the suffering that he has endured while traveling and sharing about Christ. He says this, he says, he's been shipwrecked not once, not twice, but three times. He's been arrested and beaten. He received 39 lashes with a whip. He says, I've been beaten with rods and pelted with stones. Spent a night and a day on the open sea. I faced danger from bandits and Jews and Gentiles and even false believers. I've gone without sleep and without food and drink. And I've even been left cold and naked. Paul says following Jesus isn't easy. And his life is a testament to the suffering that one can endure. But having endured all of this... He poses the question to the Christians in Rome. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons... Neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't know if you noticed or not, but Paul doesn't talk about green pastures or quiet waters. Instead, he talks about the difficulties of life. He talks about the darkest valleys we'd prefer not to encounter. And he speaks from experience because he's faced everything that he's mentioned here except the sword. And as a follower of Jesus, he speaks with conviction about the love of Christ. Because I think it's important for us to understand that Paul is not offering cliche statements to make others feel good. He's speaking from what he knows to be true. For he knows that the love of Christ has pursued us and will not abandon us in our hardest moments. I find in the Christian life that it's easy to feel the love of Christ when everything seems to be going well. Like the psalmist, we can reflect and praise the Lord who's been our good shepherd because he has blessed us beyond measure. The challenge in life is affirming the love of Christ when we walk through the valley of the shadow. When life spins out of control and the unexpected shows up at our door, we tend to question where God is. And I have a feeling that you know what I'm talking about. It's kind of that moment when the doctor tells you that the biopsy that they took shows cancer. 
Or maybe when your employer tells you that your position's been cut. When death robs the life of a loved one whose life was cut way too short. Or when peers make fun of you and bully you on social media or in front of others. Or when your spouse tells you that he wants a divorce. Or when your spouse verbally or physically abuses you. When your child gets on the wrong path. And needs someone to pursue him or her. You see, these are the moments when we question God's love for us. We feel as if evil pursues us and that God refuses to intervene, remaining silent. And we'd prefer the green pastures and the quiet waters, but we're stuck in the valley of the shadows. Paul reminds the church that trouble and hardships are a part of life. They are to be expected. In fact, he quotes Psalm 44, verse 22, that says that we're like sheep to be slaughtered. However, he states that in all these things, or maybe better understood as experiencing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In other words, Paul is saying that those who have faith in Jesus Christ have the assurance that they are not alone in their sufferings. For they follow the one who suffered on our behalf. You see, everything that he says in this passage that we read together is centered on what is actually stated before it. And this is what he says. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things. Paul argues that God has pursued us with his steadfast love in Jesus who suffered and died for us. You see, we serve a God who understands our pain and suffering. We serve a God who understood the problem of separation better than anyone, especially our separation from him. And so this God pursued us in order to bridge that gap to make it right. You see, our God is indeed a good shepherd who leads us to green pastures and leads us beside quiet waters, who refreshes our souls, and who is also present with us in our darkest moments so that we do not endure our pain and suffering alone. God doesn't fail us when we experience pain, suffering, or even death. His promises are not annulled in these moments, nor is he punishing us for something that we have done wrong. Because the truth is, is that all of us will experience pain. All of us will suffer at some point in our lives. And all of us, all of us will face death. But the good news, the good news is that the love of God conquers all these things. Hardships, troubles, persecution, demons, and even death do not have the last word. For nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, I have to believe that Satan was laughing and enjoying what was going on on that Good Friday when Jesus was on that cross and he breathed his last breath. In that moment, he thought he had won. He thought that it was over, that God's plan had been thwarted. But God's love showed up. And on that first Easter Sunday, God's love raised Jesus from the dead, showing Satan that his love never ends. 
and not even death can separate us from him. And when we experience the sting of death in our own lives, whether friends or family, I believe that we are comforted by Paul's words that remind us that even though our life on earth here will come to an end, it will never end in the kingdom of our God. For Psalm 23 reminds us that the pursuant steadfast love of God will pursue us all the days of our lives. And even when our life on earth comes to an end, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It reminds me that God is with us all of our days. Contemporary Christian band Casting Crowns song, God of All Our Days, the chorus says this, and I think it's helpful and it should be a reminder to all of us. They sing, you're the God of all my days. Each step I take, you make a way. I will give you all of my praise. My seasons change, but you stay the same. You're the God of all my days. It's true, isn't it? It's true that in our lives, our seasons will change. We'll experience the green pastures dark valleys, quiet waters, a feast of God's abundant blessing, shadows, and on and on and on. But we have this promise in Jesus Christ that never changes, that regardless of where we find ourselves, God loves, pursues us, and holds us fast with a love that will not let us go, for he holds us firmly in the grip of his never-ending grace. We may experience all kinds of separations in life, but the one thing that we will never experience is the separation of God's pursuant love for us. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the, night, or the light around become night around me, even the darkness will be not dark to you, The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Friends, may we never, ever forget this important truth especially when our green pastures turn into dark valleys. For even then, the darkness is as light to our Lord, who promises to be right there with us. Never forget it. For it is God's promise, and God cannot lie. Friends, may it be so this day and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
Amen.